Hello, listener. Welcome to Marching In, a dedicated Southampton FC podcast hosted by me, Luke Innes, and Sam Apperton. Music comes from Lawrence Norton. If you want to stay up to date with the pod and find out about future guests and upcoming episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Marching In Pod. Welcome, listener, to Marching In. I'm giggling because it's been such a long time since we last podded. There's been many reasons for that, and we're not going to bore you with all of them, but there's been illness, holidays, and then last week, Sam's internet packed out. But he's back, and he's online. How are you doing, Sam Appleton? The internet's doing a lot better than Saints now. Let's let's, let's put it that way. Okay, fine. Well, it wasn't last week. There There was no life in your internet last week. Um, and I would have probably preferred to have done this podcast uh, pre-Saturday, but here we are. Um, mate, it is it's good to see your face. We, we genuinely haven't spoken in, in so long um, and there is a lot to cover. Naturally, we're going to start with Saturday. But, you know, what have you been up to? What's going on? Well, unfortunately, I've been to every single one of those games in the last few weeks. So... Uh... That's pretty much taken up a lot of my time, including the trip trips to well, the trip to Villa was uh, was a bit of an ordeal. And then, I mean, Leeds away was all right. I mean, it was a decent game, which we'll get onto. And um, yeah, it's a good trip, good atmosphere. But yeah, I think working and uh, getting to watch us, getting to watch Saints not win. Yeah. So for some context, we last podded. I think post the post the West Ham game wasn't it so that was um, yeah, round of yeah. 16 we were sort of issuing groveling apologies to Ralph for things that we said before kickoff about the lineup and you know when we, say, when get... we, when we say oh we had to get a good draw yeah yeah then that happened I think the day after we released our last pod um, and actually out of all the performances we we're probably going to touch on the City game Maybe wasn't the worst of them, but we were one of the best. We all right, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we were just waxing lyrical about Ralph and how you know, so happy that he's our he's our manager. We then go to Villa Park, and and what happens happens. But hey, I'm sorry that you've been put through that. I've been put through less sort of in person trauma, I think, than than you have. Um, I was in Ireland for a bit. I was actually in Ireland for the quarterfinal against City and seeing Shane Long starting, I thought there would be something quite poetic and perhaps a, a Shane Long winner. Look, it wasn't to be, but uh, yeah, here we are off the back of another drubbing. I will pass it over to you, Sam, but this is very much a hospital pass, not a kind of nice game to sum up what a disaster Saturday was. This is basically Walbrass's header back to Timo Werner, isn't it? Basically, um, mate. Yeah, I've actually. Yeah. I, I sort of before we came on, I was like, I don't know if I can remember any of the goals in that they all felt the same. So there won't be specifics from me on the goals. It just sort of blurred into here we go uh, again. Gave, anyway, I gave them a little watch earlier just to sort of refresh my memory. And uh, nice. 
just for researchers, probably <laughs> professional professional like that. I was putting myself through pain. But um, yeah, I mean, it was lucky. We were lucky. It was six, <laughs> which is the, the main the main point I took from the game. I mean, we just like Chelsea. You can you can lose to Chelsea. That's absolutely fine. Like Chelsea are a better team than us. They got better better individuals. They're a better team. Got got a better manager than we have, and a lot better resources. And if you lose to Chelsea at home. Two, three, nil. You think fair? You think fair enough? Move on. But Saturday, if we played Norwich, if we played. I mean, <laughs> I know we lost to Watford at home, but if, if we played Norwich, we'd have lost that game. We were so bad. Everyone was just apart from Fraser Forster. I know he's still letting six goals. Apart from him, everyone was right off their game, and we basically have a chance against teams like Chelsea when. Nine or ten players are bang at it at least, and we had nine or ten players were miles off it. They were just not not at the races at all. They didn't. They, there's no one pressing. Well, I say there's no one pressing. And people, there were a couple of people pressing, but nobody, nobody pressed with them, which is what our game is all about. And then within, I mean, after about two or three minutes, you thought, okay, we started all right. I think we got a corner where Rudy could hit it out, just wildly hit it out. And you thought, okay, yeah, put him under a bit of pressure. And then after that, it just it was just one-way traffic. And I mean, even before they scored, I think Verna hit the post, hit the post and then hit the bar before they even went one new up. Yeah. I mean, Verna so, yeah. hit both posts, the bar, I think notched up a higher XG than has ever been recorded by a single player in a match and has now scored... Four of his nine Premier League goals against us. It's no. <laughs> five, isn't it? He scored two on Saturday, two at Stamford Bridge last year. He got one. Oh shit! One yeah, sorry. It's five yeah. of his nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're completely right. He scored earlier on against us. Sorry, I'll let you continue, mate. Because there was something relatively sort of therapeutic in you going through what happened. It it was. <laughs> it did feel basically minute dot. That we were going to get beat and they could score at will. Yeah, just when when we have games like that, you just sort of sense it very early. Obviously, we've had it a couple of times before, which which we well know. And you can almost I know I mean it's mitigating circumstances in both those games. We've had absolute dropping before where there's been early red cards. Saturday there was nothing nothing like that. It was just wave after wave of attack. We were so open down both sides, and then I mean. I mean, I think Thomas Tuchel said in his post-match that um, Southampton fell into our trap and they just played exactly how we thought they would and we exposed them. And, um, yeah, as I said earlier, it was lucky it was six. I mean, I did leave when, was it Mason Mounts with the sixth? I mean, mm. I think it was. I mean, that was good fun. I'm sure he enjoyed that. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yeah, I left I left at that point. I thought, I'm not, I'm not watching us letting another three or four here, I'm going to go get back, get an earlier train home and avoid seeing about a thousand Chelsea fans at the station. So I thought I'd, uh, thought I'd chip off early. Very surprising, didn't see any more goals. And uh, yeah, there was just, it was just a very, very bad, bad day. And if Chelsea didn't have, if Chelsea didn't have Real Madrid, I think, well, tonight, I think they could have well been double figures because I think they would have they would have kept yeah. going at full tilt for the whole ninety. It felt that way, didn't it? In that 
the openings were coming so frequently it, it just felt like one of those days or nights that saints produce and I, I find it almost sort of laughable that Ralph <laughs> I think one of his statements was that we just seem to have this in us every season and he can't quite put his finger on why that is and I think there's often when something happens and it's a a one-off that there is maybe some knee-jerk reactions that are made towards a single result or a single performance and there were mitigating circumstances in both the nines but for this to happen so frequently and to be honest with you maybe kind of relevant that we haven't potted since pre the Villa game but that could have been a worse scoreline than than 4-0 and I think Dan Sheldon commented on that in, in his latest piece like we fall apart so easily and Saturday was uh, I don't know again if you're kind of it's that recency bias or a knee-jerk reaction but it felt worse given we kept 11 men on the pitch for the full 90 whereas against you know Leicester and United we didn't and there were so many big gaps that that were formed from basically minute one and you touched on players not pressing and, and us not being that unit but you even if that even if that goes and it's such an important aspect of Ralph's system I get that but even if that goes you fully expect what is behind that kind of first line of, of the press to defend in a kind of you know remotely competent level like to a to a maybe a, a you know a five or a four and it was just I think the the mental side of of this team when things are going against them like well could, could well be something that fucking <clears throat> sports psychologists look at for you know in years to come like the the heads dropping the frustration at everything that's going on around them without any seeming ability to remain composed is is genuinely shocking yeah and the highs that this team have had over the part basically the roller coaster since Ralph's been it shouldn't be as big as it is like as like it shouldn't fluctuate as much as it does the highs we've had since he's been here like win at Spurs this season going top of the league beating Man City and beat Liverpool uh, midpoint of last season there's been many many other games where we've, we've competed against better better teams and had like, look like a properly good side. And then we just, the lows we've had have just been unbelievable. Like, even, I mean, taking out the nine years, the, the run, run of results we had last season, where we did we lose like eight or nine in a row, or what, nine out of ten? Yeah. I know we had injuries last season, but you just can't, we just drop off so much. And then it's quite, it just seems to be this team have got this level where they get to a point, I mean, they're going to they're going to stay up this season because I mean I mean I think Burnley had gone off that Norwich games most I think that the, the bottom three are probably done now especially with Everton winning at the weekend I mean if there was a team that if Burnley were in a in a vein of form at the moment I would be worried because if we keep playing like we did on Saturday and against Villa and against Watford and against Newcastle I mean we'd have a very very squeaky end of the season. I mean, it seems stupid to say. I mean, we're on, we're on what thirty-six points. Yeah, 
so yeah, we, we're, we're lucky that there's teams that there's no, there's no real momentum coming from the bottom, from below us, other, well, in the relegation zone, because we, we'd be right and right and bother if we carry on playing like that. Yeah, I agree. And I actually looked at the table with like a slightly sort of curious eye post that result thinking, geez, yeah, I think if we hadn't have had that sort of mini spell, probably like six weeks pre this run that we've been on, then, then we would we would right be down there. But, you know, I think to add maybe a little bit of balance to this, you know, 14th, 15th is probably where we sit as a, as a team, maybe slightly lower. And the fact that we go on what can be pretty impressive runs under Ralph and the performances were excellent pretty much pre that Aston Villa game. And, and for me, that was a performance which sort of came like a bolt out of the blue. Where, where quite did this come from? We didn't do anything to stop them getting chances similar to what happened to Chelsea. But Villa on, on that day and Chelsea on Saturday were excellent. It's the results in and amongst it as well that just mean we we are in a real poor, poor patch. And I know Chelsea were were good and, you know, Tuchel saying we fell into their trap. It, it was like Ralph just wanted to go back to basics with that, but actually probably should have done something a bit different. The two performances I think that we had at Stamford Bridge so far this season, one in um, the league and one in the League Cup, were, were pretty decent. Like we, we only really lost that league game up until, well, when after all prowls had been sent off, we were really in it. And we changed the system in the League Cup game and I thought really matched them. But for Ralph to not do anything and not really sense the the pattern of what was like 10 to 15 minutes of chance after chance, break after break. And Chelsea were good, but probably should have scored more than they did. Like it just, I don't know. It, we're, we're left with so many question marks about the mentality of this squad, who to point, you know, fingers at. And it feels like fingers really should be pointed after another performance like that. Yeah. I mean, like you the start and the individuals from the weekend, I mean, there was just, I mean, even when you when your most consistent player, your Browse, well, him and walk him walk appears with our two most consistent players. He's heading the ball straight into Timo Werner's path, and yeah, and it's just everyone was everyone was off it, as I said. And yeah, I mean, my, my worry is, I mean, a few weeks ago, I don't really know what's going on because Bednarek, we were told that he could he wasn't available for the City game because. His head was in the right place. He wants to be fit for Poland's playoff against was it Czech Republic? <laughs> yeah. And um, so he wasn't he wasn't in the right frame of mind to play against Man City, which was probably our biggest game of the season because at that point we were well away from trouble. And had a had I mean, we were playing Man City, but you still got a chance of getting through in the cup. And for my mind, if you're not your head's not right to play in the biggest game of the season for your the team that pays your wages. You shouldn't be playing the rest of the season. You should. I mean, there seems to be something going on there anyway. I think he might. I think he might leave the end of the season anyway. anyway yeah. But why is he? Why is anyone near the starting line? I know probably injuries are the one of, of, of what's helped him stay in the team. Lianco and being out, Valerie not trusted in a four, and I know Stevens. Didn't have a great game against City the other week. But if Bednarek's head wasn't in the right place to play in the biggest game of the season, he should, shouldn't be picked for the rest of the season, in my view. 
that was bizarre and others more in the know have commented on it I'm wondering if there was not necessarily something that was lost in translation but for a manager to kind of come up and you know come out and say that it's very rare and you know for the the club that pays your wages to to effectively kind of I understand there might be a, a focus on getting to the World Cup, but to be, you know, a week out before that qualifier, because I think their, their schedule was a bit different. It wasn't actually Czech Republic, the player. I think they had a playoff against Sweden, wasn't it? That they, that they won and he played in. But yeah, there's just, just a few things that you're, you are left scratching your head and, and wondering kind of what is really going on behind the scenes. And ultimately, good performances and results can often paper over cracks of, of, of situations with players and with, you know, with comments that Ralph can make. But set against the context of our worst four or five weeks of the season, and given we didn't win any of our opening, I think, seven game, league games of the season, you know, that, that kind of is saying something. But it's, it's been a really, really bad period um, for us in that time. So, you know, a few weird quirks before we wrap on Saturday's game. Um, I think you touched on Forster. I think he made maybe eight saves in, in the game. A lot of them pretty decent ones as well. It could have been far worse. But actually, again, about that like mentality drop and not having the tenacity to defend properly, only one of the goals had like a, an actual assist attached to it, one of Chelsea's goals, because it felt like every other goal just rebounded to someone to tap in. Yeah. Either Forster made a save or came back off the woodwork. So yeah, just it was a, it was a strange game, and Does that included Wall Prowse's assist. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> beautiful. Who was it? Was it? Ger- it was Gerard to Suarez, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, wonderfully weighted header. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we 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 were just shocking. There were so many errors that probably doesn't make sense to go through on the pod now, given we've got quite a bit to chat about in terms of uh, of past games. Um, if we leave that there. The league games we've had since we potted, I was thinking about how like badly I would rank the performances, and this was pre the Chelsea game. Chelsea would be worst. I'd say Villa would be next, then Watford, then then Newcastle. I thought for the majority of the Newcastle game we were all right, but you just yeah. knew as soon as they got that second goal, which is a bit of a weird goal, I mean, a hell of a finish from from uh, Gimaresh. You just knew we weren't weren't scoring, and it felt the same against Watford. And you know, being there on that Sunday against Watford. It was really, really tough to watch us try and attack. Yeah, and I think a team that's we're not the best defensively team defensively anyway. And the fact that Salisu went didn't play at Villa because of his injury, and since he's been back from that game, he's been caught, he's been right off. He's not anywhere near the stand that he was before that that Villa game, which is a worry because. Our other centre backs aren't, aren't anywhere near up to the standard, and if Salis is off it, and the rest of the centre backs aren't good enough, then you're in a big, big trouble. I think the Villa game probably just did them for confidence. I mean, yeah, like you said earlier, similar to Saturday, the Villa game, it could have been four or five at half time. Villa missed some chances, and and we were just rock, we were just miles off them. I mean, the fact that they only got four. I mean, I left. I left about 20 minutes to go in that game and uh, I was very surprised that they didn't add to their total similar, similar to Chelsea Chelsea on the weekend yeah then and then you go you go that game you think that can happen I mean Villa have got some excellent attacking players Coutinho, Ings, Watkins 
Dia, John McGinn's a brilliant, I think a brilliant player. Matty Cash is, is a good fullback. And I mean, if, if they all click, then that can happen. So you think, oh, fair enough. Um, write that one up, write that one off a little bit and go into the two home games against teams we should be beating at home, should be beating home and away, really. And then we end up getting no points. And then, I mean, the Watford game was just individual errors, gave them the 2 0 lead. And when we got back, I know we got back into the game for half time. The second half, I mean, I can't remember Ben Foster make, even making a proper save. I made one from Adams actually near the end. And then yeah. you get. And then you go to Leeds, and I think that game was all about stopping the rot, stopping the rot. Really, I think that's why he played Dial over Mayu and Walprouse. I think he just thought we have to get away from this game without losing, rather than winning, because the game was there to take in the second half, especially after after Walprouse scored the free kick. Which I'm sh- it's a shame that we're not podding just after that game because we could have waxed lyrical about that free kick. It seems a bit, <laughs> it seems a bit <laughs> after Lord Mayor's show now, seeing as. Uh, <laughs> So we've just been done. Done six. I think we home. need to clutch any straws we can, Sam. That game was chaos, though. It like I was chatting to my brother during it. And it did. I mean, both teams were uh, at times couldn't really string like a, a, a kind of collection of passes together. And obviously, you know, I appreciate Leeds under Marsh are a little bit different sort of beast to what they were under Bielsa, but it did feel quite Bielsa-like in terms of kind of end-to-end breaking and. The game was there to be won. I think we came out of it with the better of the chances, even though I'd probably say pre the free kick they were. Or, or probably probably pre going one up from memory. I felt like we just established some control pretty much as soon as they scored. And it felt like both teams were like, we kind of need something to happen, probably a goal here for like the game to settle down a little bit. And after that point, I thought we went back to some control. And I think I came out of that game thinking kind of a bit was what it was like James Will Prowse do, doing what he does and actually a, a decent result and they're obviously on not a bad run now I, it's just it's just so galling to come away from Saturday it's kind of laughable isn't it that that we're we're left thinking probably won't happen again a performance you know like the ones that we've had over the last couple of seasons and then the exact same thing happens and Chelsea are a side that have actually struggled quite a lot for, for goals and for, for form of late. Like, you know, obviously the, the Brentford one is a high-profile one, but, you know, in attacking areas, they they ha- have struggled quite a bit and probably a little bit more of a solid outfit under Tuchel rather than an expansive one. But yeah, mate, I, I kind of agree with your with your review on 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 those games. I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about the kind of selection we don't need to go into into Ralph too much unless you really want to. I think there's some interesting things to be said on on Ralph and how he's come out of this period. But the you mentioned about you know Bednarek starting probably shouldn't be the persistence with Broder. I find quite an interesting one, and the lack of minutes for Armstrong. I know he came off um, at half time on Saturday. Like where. I ju- I'm just interested, like, what would you do with the last, what is it, seven games of the season now? Well, first of all, I think they need to they need to get a result from somewhere. They need to go to their strongest team on Saturday, which, although, I mean, after, after last week, you're not really sure what, what the strongest team is now. I mean, the, the weirdest player, I think, in terms of me this season is Nathan Redford, because... Yeah. I mean, did he have, like, five or six games in a row at St Mary's where he, he got an assist? 
And since, I, mean, I, can't, I can't remember the last time he's properly had regular in the side. It just seems like he's been out on the team for ages. I know Elian Utsu came in during that run, him and Armstrong were the, were the 10s during that run we had into bigger teams. But it looks like he's persisting with those two now and they both live off it at the moment, especially especially Elian Utsu of late. You just think change it up a bit because I don't think, I mean, it's, I think they said it all at the Leeds game last week when, I mean, I didn't even notice when the lineup was announced that Redmond, Janapo, and Walcott, none of them, mm. none of them are on the bench. Which, which struck me as quite odd. Didn't he and, make some uh, comments about that as well? He just said, look, they wouldn't be needed, so he left them at home. It's very odd. I mean, I mean, I can understand Walcott and Janapo, so I both think they should probably their time at the club's done in the summer. Whereas yeah. but Redmond, I mean, I mean, his time may well be done as well. But I think he's definitely worth having at least on the bench. I mean, i I'd even be tempted to start starting on Saturday against Arsenal. I would be as well. And you you kind of raise a good point on on him. A lot of people on Twitter and beyond, it's a really peculiar situation he's found himself in where he probably was that player that would come on or when he started look like he was maybe making some strides. I think when we podded earlier on in the season, we were like, look, he, he feels like a bit of a different player. There's that end product. There's that purpose about what he's doing rather than kind of idly sort of turning around and giving it to a fullback and hoping that then opens something up. El has been bad. And Ralph is, again, and we're, we're probably going to, I think we'll read more into Ralph's comments given the sort of context of what's happened over the last month or so. But he said, look, I get goals from El and Armstrong. That's what we need from those positions. Redmond doesn't deliver them, which I, I found a bit strange. Yeah, it's not like Elia Nusi and Armstrong were sort of hitting what ten That's goals a prolific, season, yeah. ten goals since the season of peace. I, I mean, I, by no means am I saying that Nathan Redmond being in the team would completely ease our worries at the moment because we've got bigger problems. Because I mean, it's something it, I didn't really see anything rounded about Romeo at the weekend. The fact he was brought off in the first half. I mean, and it seems like if you're trying to stop the rot, stop conceding goals, you you leave him on rather than rather than mm. take him off, but. I mean, personally, I thought for a while we need to upgrade in that position anyway. And also, there was a comment from him last week, wasn't there, about the, the club haven't spoke to me yet about a new contract. And maybe his, his maybe he, he may want to go in the summer as well. If the club have got a midfielder or two lined up and they want to really push Diallo on and maybe push Smallbone into, into a bit more of a, um, a regular. But yeah, they need to, something needs to happen. I mean, brogia has been. I mean, I keep hearing that Broge has been off it for a while, but you can say that, I mean, the team's been off it for a while. Yeah. And these the guy's 20 years old. He's not going to be winning games by himself. I know he scored that goal. I mean, his last goal would have, would have been against West Ham, wouldn't it, in the cup? I mean, it was, a, it was a brilliant goal. Yeah, yeah. But you could say he's been off it, but the whole team's been off it since then. Mm. I mean, I don't mm. think he's been particularly bad. I think he's been, I mean, he's probably, probably started with service, to be honest. And maybe he's been worked out a little bit in terms of he doesn't teams can't give him pace in behind. Sorry, spacing behind to to break forward. But yeah, I mean Adam Armstrong. It's just I mean it's just not working. It's just not really working. I don't think at the moment. I mean I hope he does well, but I don't see any glimmers glimmers for him. Under Adams in his first season, he was. He looked genuinely, he was unlucky at times. You, you mm. thought, oh, there's something definitely there with, with Che. 
of Adam Armstrong, his two goals have been excellent. Other than that, he's been really, really disappointed. I don't think maybe he's just not cut out for this level. I'd love to be proven wrong, but I just don't see it at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've seen a Premier League player in there quite yet. And like you say, with Adams, I think we always knew that something would would happen. And maybe one of the few players that kind of has come out of this period with, I mean, I'd probably say him and him and KWP, but I think, again, Adams has, has kind of shown enough that he should be the starting striker. It's just an interesting kind of position we find ourselves in with, look, fingers crossed, we haven't got anything to play for <laughs> between now and the end of the season. The likelihood is Broder isn't our player next season. Do you, as Ralph, put Armstrong, you know, and say, look, we're going to give you a consistent run now, which I think there's been an element where Armstrong looks very eager to, to shoot and he has done pretty much since he joined. And that eagerness is probably accentuated by the fact he's not getting consistent minutes. You know, he's not, he's not sure of when his next opportunity will come. So he's almost snatching at things a little bit. He seems a little bit like that sort of player anyway. I think he doesn't seem quite as eager to shoot now. I remember the West Ham game a few weeks ago, we had that chance. He tried to try to slip something in. Yeah. Instead, he didn't shoot. Whereas at the early of the season, he was, he was shooting all the time. I think Maybe. that's about decision-making at this level. I feel like he shoots when he shouldn't. Oh, the, from, from you know, the little minutes I probably am reflecting on in the last three to four months, because Saints by numbers on Twitter put something about the amount of minutes that players have got. And, and, and I think he was talking about, um, I can't remember who he's talking about, actually. Some, maybe Livramento play, playing a bit too much <laughs> and how many 90 minutes he's played as a youngster coming into the Prem for the first time. But it was shocking to me how few minutes Armstrong has got like if we're if we're chasing a goal and perhaps it was Watford as well I'm thinking about here and against Leeds it's always long that he goes for those like last 10 minutes and yeah, I, I, I do just find it's that a strange, strange one it's a really strange one with long because I mean we, we know what Shane Long is he's not he's not a League footballer anymore and the fact he's being chosen to come on and make a difference in the game when We've got Adam Armstrong on the bench who invested £15 million in the summer. He scored best part of 30 goals last season for Blackburn. You just wonder what, what Ralph sees that we don't. I get the work rate thing with Long, but I think, I think Armstrong's got that in his locker. I don't really understand why you just wouldn't give Armstrong a go. He's a better, I mean, he's a better finisher than Long. That's, that's, we can make no bones about that, regardless of whether he's a Premier League player or not. He's a He's a better finisher than Shane Long. I think I'd rather yeah. see, in terms of order, order, orders of who I'd want to see up front, Adam, Adams and Brogus are my best two strikers for me. And then I'd probably go, I think Rouse more likely to play Nathan Tanner up front than he is to play Adam Armstrong at the moment. Which is yeah, pretty pretty damning um, verdict on, on Armstrong. It really is. Yeah, I, f- I feel for him a little bit because I think the likelihood is now that his career doesn't quite kick on how we expected it to after the season or a couple of seasons he had at Blackburn. And then just to wrap on the kind of team sheet stuff, I'm seeing a little bit of how we potentially give, need to give Tino a rest. And I don't think he was great on Saturday. No one was to your earlier point. I, f- I think we should just get 
KWP back to his his kind of ordinary spot right back. He's he's doing excellently at left back, and I know that's kind of playing him into Southgate's thoughts, and no doubt that Ralph's been been pivotal to kind of that transition to being a pretty decent Premier League left back now. But I think Perode for the period that we were best, <laughs> um, you know, I'm not saying it's down to him, but I don't really feel like he did much wrong. And now, given we've had such a stinking run, for me, it makes sense to go back to KWP right back, Perode left back. Yeah, I agree. It just gives you the balance as well with the left foot, left foot supply in there. As good as well as Walker Peters has done at left back, you just don't get the same width from your full backs that you do when someone's playing down with their, with their stronger foot. And yeah, Perode was excellent in that. I mean, our best run of the season was when Perode was playing at left back and Walker Peters right back. So go back. Go back to that. I mean, it, may, it probably won't solve all our, all our issues. Well, it definitely won't solve, solve all our issues. But <laughs> it's, it's pro- it's, if we can get back on somewhere near the level we were a few weeks ago, then we'll give Arsenal a game at the weekend. If we yeah, play like we yeah. did in the, in the last five or six games, we'll get another shoe in. Yeah, we'll move on to the, on to the Arsenal game in a second because I did just have a point to make and some people are saying, look, irrespective of Brozier isn't here next season, still play him and still play our best team. I appreciate that. One of the arguments given is we're showing that we're that platform again for young players like Liveramento and Brozier to, to come and it might open up future opportunities if they're getting regular game time. Now, I feel like we've probably done enough for on, on, on that front with Brozier and Liveramento to prove that. And some of Ralph's comments about actually what we may do in the summer will be a little bit more balanced and we might just ultimately look to be more competitive across the pitch and have a kind of deeper squad of more experienced players, which I think is a, is a very good step and that balance will be needed. If we continue to omit Perode, Armstrong, those players that come for, you know, between 10 and 15 million pounds from our 11, it's like, well, actually, could they bring in someone on loan who gets another opportunity? I think it kind of works both ways where appreciate if the team's winning and we're doing well, then, you kind of pick that best team, but we also need to be cognizant of, okay, are we genuinely giving the players that we bought here for decent sums of money, a good enough platform to show what they can do? Yeah. And even after takeover, I do wonder how, obviously we've sit down the league a bit in the last couple of weeks, but obviously there's so much millions worth per, per league place. And if we play our best team at the end of the season, which will be a rouse for us, but, um, We'll have more money to spend in the summer. It could yeah. be a difference between another another striker, another defender. Yeah. So I think we probably do play our strongest teams at the end of the season. But at the moment, what is our strongest team? Because <laughs> you'd say Saturday wasn't far off it, give or take. Maybe, like you said, Walker Peters at right back, Perona left back. And obviously, without Brozier back in the team, but other than that, it was our strongest lineup in the last this season yeah. So, yeah I don't know where you go from here really to be honest I mean there needs to be some changes at the weekend four or five changes at least try and shake up a bit Brozier comes back in for me I said we'll go on to the Arsenal game in a minute but yeah selections uh, it was very easy a few weeks ago when we were doing so well it was almost like like play the same team all the time and when we had that West Ham game there was all those changes we were all shocked and now you'd be shocked if the team stayed as it was. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll move on to our upcoming run, Sam. It's not an easy one to to navigate in terms of what just been. It's mainly been a shower of shite. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think we've we've done a good enough job in summing all of that up. We face Arsenal on Saturday. We've then got we're we're away at Burnley on Thursday, aren't we? And then it's a Sunday trip to Brighton on Sunday. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. I mean, it's just a, for me like a lottery right now to think about the reaction that we we get versus Arsenal, and I feel like there there kind of needs to be a reaction, but it's a little different to probably like the Leicester one or even the United one in the sense that I mean, we're not we're not fighting for our lives as we you know I, I probably weren't last season, but like there's. <laughs> Like what what do you do? I think we have to try something different. I think there has to be personnel changes. Like you say, I, I think Brozier will will play, but I might just do something something a little bit different because I feel like whatever we are doing at the minute is is just not working. And maybe that's Redmond, maybe it's Teller. I've seen things on, on Twitter about definitely giving, you know, Teller some some minutes. But it's not an easy one, I don't think, to to pick what happens here. I think it could be business as usual, or it could be a completely changed eleven. I like to see. I bring in another another centre. Maybe if Lianco's fit, I'm not sure. I don't think he will be probably fully fit to play this weekend. He's back on the maybe, grass, isn't he, Sam? He's like yeah. back training. Maybe bring him in to play against alongside Salisu. Although Salisu been right off it recently as well, to be fair. But then I would I would take Bednarek out of the team. I'd do he did earlier, I mean, Walker Peters back to right back and play for road. In terms of midfield, I mean, Walker Peters is going to play. And then what do you do with Romain? You stop off half, first half of the weekend. Do you bring Diallo in? Then I'd probably bring in Redmond for Leonusi, although Ralph just does not seem to fancy Redmond at all at the moment. And then up front, I'd, I'd go Brozier and Adams. I think Nathan Teller may be in with a shout as well against, against his old team. And yeah, we need to be at it. We need to be at it from the first whistle. I mean, as you said, not much to play for, but there's still going to be 30,000 fans there the weekend that pay good money to go and watch, go and watch this lot every week. And I mean, I'm going to go down to London. It's probably cost me 30 pound, about 30 quid on the train. I don't really fancy paying that money to go and watch this game to be done by Arsenal again, by Arsenal. So you need to... I mean, if we lose to Arsenal Saturday 2-1 and we play well, you, you think fair enough. But if we turn up like we did at the weekend, it's going to be another another embarrassing game and, and, and yet another li- yet another to add to the list of embarrassing games under Ralph's under Ralph's um under Ralph's tenure. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a special edition pod of some sort in the summer of the top ten in most embarrassing games <laughs> under Ralph. It's getting to a decent list now. Uh, okay, this is sort of silly question to ask. And I'm sorry I'm asking it in advance, Sam, but how many points do we get from those three games we've touched on? Four. Okay. So. What do you think? Four. I think maybe one. And I think that might be away at Brighton I think we beat Brighton away okay interesting because we just seem to always win there so looking forward to coming back in a couple of weeks 
going to sort of just get down there and get absolutely smashed. Yeah, yeah. I, to be fair, I do feel like I'm thinking maybe just about Potter's Brighton. We 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 always feel the better side in those games, and I appreciate Brighton normally. You know, I appreciate they've had a, a shitty run recently. But I was listening to a podcast where I think maybe Charlie Eccleshaw or a Spurs fan of some sort was just saying they're worried about the game that Spurs play Brighton this weekend and just how Brighton always match Spurs and give them a, a decent game is how they felt. And, and I think, you know, Spurs won at the Amex relatively recently. So maybe that's not, you know, they, they were kind of going back a few games. But I feel like it's the almost the opposite for us. I don't ever feel like we've been kind of bossed by Brighton as they have done to, to some decent sides in, in his tenure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we haven't lost at the Amex since the year got promoted from the championship when, when Lambert was sent off. That was the last time we lost there. Yeah. We've got, we've got a good record there. But you always wonder whether that good record shoots come to an end. Burnley away, you know, we won their last season, didn't we? I mean, they're going to be fine for their lives. They need, they need to, after after the weekend's result at Norwich, which is a massive missed opportunity for them, especially the win against Everton last week, you thought they're gonna this is their opportunity now to move out of the relegation zone. You're not Everton playing at United who were, who were just awful. And uh, yeah, Burnley goes to Norwich and they go and lose it. So yeah, yeah. That's they basically have to beat us next week, otherwise it'll be curtains for them. And this Saturday you just know I've I've seen lots of tweets of the last couple of days about Alexandra Lacazette has not scored an open play for about 20 hours. Yeah, we, we know what's coming, Sam. We know what's coming. And his last goal in open play was against us <laughs> in December. <laughs> so looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I, I Also, I know they've had two bad results, but like if they, they need some sort of response and I'm probably not of the um, school of thought that Kieran Tierney and Thomas Partey will kind of completely make them just non-contenders for that top four, as some people seem to be saying um, now, given those two. Well, Tierney's certainly out. I don't know about Partey yet. Uh, yeah, I think one point, Brighton away, I think we'll, we'll lose the, the next two fixtures, but perhaps that's slightly reactionary of me, but you can um, allow that given what's just come. Mate, anything to finish up on? Um, been great to to chat, albeit about you know a, a pretty stinky five weeks or so. Anything on Ralph? Like, I saw a, a funny tweet that was like, "I swear the Saints players do this once a year to ensure that Ralph doesn't get poached." <laughs> like, is like what, what what does this do to his reputation when? we're faced with such kind of galling defeats and a, just a, a period that we've been on for the last four or five weeks. I mean, I did listen to a podcast yesterday, the Guardian Football Weekly, Barry, Barry Glenn Denning spoke about us and he said, um, he can't work out, he's a, he said, he puts Ralph into the same like table as sort of the same like group as Graham Potter. He can't work out if he's a good manager or not because every year, Southampton just get absolutely smashed and it seems like such a weird team and a weird manager. I mean, but it's so it's been such a weird reign of his over the last three and a half years where as I said there's been such big highs but the lows has been appalling and he's probably got constraint he's been had massive constraints in terms of his budget but there's got to be something ingrained in that team which he's got to find 
pansoon that that, see, that makes them collapse so easily because it it can't happen with a Premier League football club. We're not we're not even a we're not a particularly bad Premier League team. We're not when we're at it, we're brilliant. And he needs to find that that little thing that we have that make that makes us happen every so often. I don't, and now we've seen it's not just down to red cards. Look, and we had a full side out, so yeah, something's got to be found out there. Yeah, I think his comments when we go through periods like this raise more questions than answers as well. And I'm not saying it's easy to say that this is why this happens, but I think he, he is quite honest and frank and maybe that shows a confidence in his own ability to, to write this, but he just says, look, it feels like we've got this in us and I'm not sure why it happens. <laughs> but the, the, the kind of collapse that we've seen since we last potted, basically, of had we lost maybe one home game all season maybe going into the Newcastle game have I got that right I might be wrong yeah the, the Newcastle game was the first defeat since September since so Wolves we've we, we yeah. only lost one since Wolves and now we've lost yeah. three in a row three in a row well four in all comps yeah 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 Jeez. okay well look slightly somber note to maybe wrap up on <laughs> Samuel your internet fingers crossed it stays stable Listeners, we will be back in two weeks' time. So it will be post the fixtures we've just discussed. This is, you know, what we do to ourselves as Saints fans. We put ourselves through the ringer, don't we? Um, by the way, just a broader footballing point, how good was City-Liverpool on Sunday? That was brilliant. I mean, City should have won. That chance of Mara's at the end, my God. I don't, uh, I don't know what he was doing, but... Yeah, it was a fantastic game. It was just, yeah, just the, the, the level they're at compared to even Chelsea. I mean, you think Chelsea beat us 6 0 on Saturday, and they are miles, those two are miles yeah. ahead of Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's so good. We've got a proper title race, and they're two of the best to have ever done it. That game, the quality of it was just unreal. Good point about the Morris chance. It would have been if he delightfully scoops that over Allison. Just what a moment that is, but I don't know why he's going for it. Anyway, we digress. Sam, absolute pleasure. Listeners, we will be back very soon. Check out socials for when we are back. Um, we've said, look, we're going to pod a lot over the last couple of weeks and it keeps getting delayed. Let's hope, you know, when we say something in the future, it happens. But thank you for staying the course and speak to you all soon.